Wow. Okay. So we got a tweet from uh, Frank who says, I just changed my oil last week and now I'm sitting on the love seat instead of my recliner. I prayed about it first. Oh my God. So Frank's jumping in on the Twitter voicemail. Is, is this, that really is this it was, Frank? And I'm yeah. doing air quotes right now for those who aren't looking, can't see it. Is this, is this Frank? <laughs> God, you know, Brian has found his alter ego. We are in trouble, Tina. Welcome to episode 44 of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft-brewed pint or maybe a fine wine. You can watch us live Tuesday evenings at 9 p.m. Eastern Time or 6 p.m. Pacific at pubtheology.com. You can listen anytime on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Stitcher, and now you can even catch us on the New Thought channel. Tonight's episode is brought to you by our official sponsors. Our first sponsor, Craft Bear Cellars, E-L-L-A-R, is the home of premium craft brews. Their focus is amazing beer, education, and hospitality. Visit craftbeercellar.com for a location near you, and you can win free beer from Craft Beer Cellar by joining our conversation. And we actually have a winner tonight uh, from January. Uh, John Wells, he wins our January gift card to craft to be your seller uh, in response to the question i think it was the night you guys had a uh, david hayward on maybe um what yep. would your campaign slogan be john tweeted uh, make america kind again we like that and thought it was um very apropos to to the climate right now make america kind again so yeah. leave Go your john. comments a vote for john. yeah leave your comments on facebook on Twitter, you must use the hashtag PTLive so we can find it. And you can also leave a voicemail. We got voicemail now. I may have mentioned that before. And the number for the voicemail is 980-PT-LIVE-0. Or, like I say, for those without letters on our phone, 980-785-4830. If you leave a message, we will answer your question query share your comment and by the way you don't just have to answer a question again you can always call and tell us what a good job we're doing or how much you love us or maybe not doing (laughs) um and we will probably play it on air we actually have an example for you this evening let's let's see if this works yeah uh hi this is frank uh i listen to the show every week and uh you guys are really funny and uh, you just really talk about important issues in a, in a fresh way. And, uh, yeah, I just love listening. And uh, I've been trying to win the free beer, but I guess you don't read my tweets. All right, guys. Keep up good work. Later. <laughs> Whoa. Thank you, Frank. Voice over Frank. Okay. Okay, here's my here's my whole thing with that is um, I have a friend, Frank, and he sounds just like that. It totally threw me off. <laughs> I, well, I think it was Frank. It may have been. It may have been your... Frank, uh, if that if that voice sounded familiar, it was yeah. it was Brian with too much time on his hands <laughs> trying <laughs> to see if the voicemail actually worked. So and it, it does. Go Brian, but we want to hear from you. So call, leave us a comment, a question, even maybe something you want us to discuss on the show. 
Uh, and we have another sponsor. Tell us about our other sponsor, Dina. And our newest sponsor is Wink, W-I-N-C, Wine Club. Wink features superbly crafted wines delivered right to your door. Get started at trywink.com slash ptlive for $20 off your first order and other savings. And um, Ogan and I are both doing this, and it's awesome. I get four bottles a month delivered to my house, and um, they're all reasonably priced, and there's no commitment. You can quit anytime. You can cancel. You can postpone a month. Um, so it's really cool. So no no harm in checking it out. And like you heard, $20 off your first order, that's like a bottle and a half of wine. So. And if you order four bottles or more, the shipping is free. Yes, that's why I oh, order yeah. four. Mm-hmm. That's that's why you do four as well. You can mix and match. Every month I get three reds and one white. I'm basically hoarding the whites right now so that when summer rolls around, I have some nice cool wine to drink because I don't need to drink anything cold in New England winter up here. We just had like two blizzards within a week. It's been crazy. Um, mm. But the mm. but the reds keep me going. And yeah, loving, loving wine, loving wink wine club. Excellent. Well, tonight we discuss the holiday that is Valentine's Day. So we chat a bit about this. Is it uh, of the heart? Is it uh, over-sentimentalized, over-commercialized? We'll get into it. And we'll also consider this definition of love. Love is the absolute affirmation of another's meaning. So we'll chat a bit about what is love. And then we'll also discuss uh, making big changes in life and what prompts such a change or what gets in the way of us making more such changes. And we'll also discuss Thomas Merton on the spiritual life as a matter of keeping awake. So we've got some good stuff to hit on for you on this Valentine's Day of 2017. We're glad you're with us. My name is Brian Burkoff. I am pastor of Holland UCC here in Holland, Michigan, and author of the book Pub Theology, Beer Conversation and God. And tonight I am drinking a Lip Lock Cherry Stout. Ooh, <laughs> happy Ooh. Valentine's Day. <laughs> happy Valentine's. Lip Lock Cherry Stout from Atwater Brewing Company here in Detroit. So apropos. Uh, Sounds good. Yeah, and with us as usual is Ogan Holder and Tina Simmons. Welcome, guys. Uh, thank you. Uh, Apparently, no one's reading the messages that I'm typing, which was go to Tina next because my child's walking in the door and the dog is barking. I'm so, welcoming both. Tina, I was welcome. checking out the bottle. <laughs> no, I totally didn't read it. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I okay. know. <laughs> okay, so I'll go first then. Well, I'm ready now. Okay, fine. Go. Oh, my goodness. No, go ahead. You go. The drama. A... <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to call you a drama queen. Um, Tina Simmons here. I'm the lay person on the show, author of Zandrail, Being Human is Overrated. Um, which I'm totally feeling tonight, so I might be a bit snarky. Um, But I'm drinking a Mary Hill Merlot. Mary Hill is a local Washington winery that I absolutely love. Um, It's a 2011 Proprietor's Reserve. So yay me on Valentine's Day. Yeah, you. Nice. Um, Reverend Ogan Holder, Minister of Unity on the River in Amesbury, Mass. And I, I have a book too, Rants to Revelations. And one day I will really remember what the subtitle of my own book is. I think it's unabashedly honest reflections on life, life so, uh, and the meaning of God or something like that. There's another one in there. Shows yeah. How attached I just remember the life part. Um, last couple uh, shows, I was drinking um, wine from Wink. Um, tonight I'm going back to beer as a nod to our other sponsor, Craft Beer Cellar. Going with an old favorite of mine. Uh, it's... Uh, 
the Trappist Quadruple from La Trap Brewery in Holland, imported in Texas. Um, it's a nice ale and goes down clean and fresh. So that's what I've got. Yeah, you're bringing your A game tonight with that beer. Well done. Yes. Well so, done. I do have to say this cherry stout is uh, is on par too. So it is Valentine's Day, and uh, if we appear or sound like three lonely hearts, we are doing this show instead of being out on a romantic dinner. Uh, you know, we don't have the table set with candles, uh, but we are here for you. So uh, please remember that we are committed to this uh, this conversation and wondering what you guys think. Valentine's Day. Do you do you like Valentine's Day? Do you kind of hate it? Are you somewhere in the middle? Does it feel just too, I don't know, too contrived? Or is there something good about it? Well, I did I did my Valentine in this past weekend because of schedule issues and wanted to be here with you guys because nothing says love like being here with you guys. Aww. Um, that's, um, that's right. That's right. Oh, you didn't you didn't get the snark in my voice? All right, never mind. Um <laughs> we thought you were serious. <laughs> I yeah. love you. I do. What do you think we're here? Um, so, so I don't know that we call it. I don't know it's appropriate to call it a holiday. One, you don't get a day off for anything. Mm. Um, two, it is. It is more and more becoming. Um, and may have always been a, just a real commercialized endeavor. Three, it's. I, I call it a holiday that's not equal because if there are some of us who are not in a relationship, um, it's kind of tough. And four, uh, and I'm going to five. Number four, do you know when, what day of the year people are most broken up with? Not Valentine's Day, but the day before, so they don't have to buy a damn present. That's exactly right. Not the day before, but ah. one. Of, it's one of the days leading up to Valentine's Day. Forget oh, it's ridiculous. <laughs> but people who don't want to have to, like, you know, try to put in the effort for someone they're kind of with but not really liking so so they break it with them leading up to valentine's day so yeah not a great holiday for everyone and finally number five yeah. um did a little bit of research on the origins of valentine's day and you yes. know people people associated with saint valentine but it has earlier origins it started with the romans who uh, between February 13th and February 15th celebrated the Feast of Lupercalia. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. Where the men sacrificed a goat and a dog and then whipped women with the hides of the animals they just killed. How romantic. <laughs> what? Yikes. It's a real thing. Okay. So, yeah. With those origins, I don't know. I can, I you know, but whipped, whipped women with the hides of what? Goat and the dog that they just sacrificed. Well, for what reason did they? Is there a listen? They were, they were. It was ancient Rome. They didn't need a reason. <laughs> that was the origin of a little hair of the dog. Yeah, Some God you. asked them to, and <laughs> no, not, not. It's the Romans. They're like, hey, this sounds cool. And they come up with crazy stuff, and nobody stops them because it was ancient Rome. I mean, it was it was the epitome of of hedonism in so many different ways. So yeah, that's that's kind of how it started. And then the church kind of appropriated that 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 festival, you know, when it was taken when it was making all the 
pagan festival christian and stuff like that and it's got some other pieces to it but not exactly an auspicious beginning for uh valentine's day but but being being the being the good um boyfriend that i am i made sure my lady was treated well um during this time and i just an addendum to that um saint valentine is also the patron saint of affianced couples or couples who are engaged he is the patron saint against fainting nice the patron the patron saint of beekeepers happy marriages the plague and epilepsy so it's kind of a mixed bag with combination there how do you wait, 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 wait. he's a saint val he's a patron saint of the plague <laughs> i know Woo. hey if you're going down at least go down in love in a i always thought you were patron saints of more like you know positive happy things not well apparently also they snuck the plague and epilepsy in there and painting. Um, by the way brian this is the first time i might be seeing you in glasses it's he's like, trying to be like us i'm like what's well, I, happening I was, got your I was old trying man to read the fine print and i was the only one without glasses oh. here so i thought you know. brian's getting old <laughs> got his readers on no they're not they're not they're not readers or are they readers are they readers mm. well i can read when they're on but they don't have any um they're just glass oh so not they're not the bifocal kind they're just no they're not oh my goodness you're just, you're just full of tricks tonight brian <laughs> they are you they are uv um protected though so i think they help where you get them from are those warby parkers what are those these are from uh i buy direct oh Gotcha. They, they they let you try them out and you know you send back them send them back if you don't like yeah. them. A lot of people doing that. I get mine cool. the same way. My my company's called Warby Parker. Maybe you yeah, I've heard them. I've heard of them. Hit them up for sponsorship. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, so te- I didn't mean to get sidetracked, man. But when you put those things on, I just had to ask. Yeah, that's All right, so Tina Valentine's Day, go. <laughs> She's you ready for this. Sip. She's in okay. Here we go. She's, she's um, gulping. Whatever the origins may have been, I see Valentine's Day as a marketing holiday that's set in the middle of winter to boost winter sales. You have Christmas and then you have big nothingness until Easter comes. So I think they put it there to boost sales. I think people have ridiculous expectations around Valentine's Day. Um, you know, I've 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 heard women freak out that you know their husbands just got them a rose or just did this or just did that. I think it's completely unbalanced um, because there's not really an expectation of the women to get men anything. Um, and I don't know why that is. I mean, maybe it's because women do things for men every day. I don't know, but what, whatever whatever it is. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, I, I like South, I think it was South Korea. What they do on Valentine's Day is the women shower men with gifts and treats and treat them special for a day. And then a month later on March 14th, they have white day when the men shower the women with gifts. And I really like that idea because, you know, it's, it's your special day today. It's my special day that, you know, like it's, it's feels more equal to me. And then they have this tradition where if you're single on those days, you go out and get some, you go out to eat and you get this like black bean um, noodle dish that's like a special treat. Um, and I like that too because they're celebrating it. Like the only the only thing I see in America for single people on Valentine's Day is like anti-Valentine's Day stuff. And I don't like that either. You know, I think it's, I don't know. I think there should be something special for single people. Like some of the spas around here were offering um, 
single people tonight, if they came in, they got like 20% off uh, pedicures, manicures to treat themselves, to love themselves. And I think that's really awesome. And I think that's kind of a path we should take. Um, like some of the posts on Facebook, it's about self-love. It's about loving everybody. And I, I don't think there's, here's the other, here's my other half. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with taking a day out to celebrate love, but I think it's been over romanticized. I think it should just be love in general. Does that make sense? <clears throat> that 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 didn't get as dark as I thought it would have. <laughs> what are you trying to say, Ogan? <laughs> I think I just said what I was trying to say. <laughs> what about Not you, bad. Brian? What's your take? You guys are so thorough. We've got research on the saint of Valentine. We've got... I know. Brian's not even used to us reading the questions. <laughs> research on other ways of doing it. And wow, um, I got chocolate. <laughs> good for you <laughs> I, you know i'm with you guys i mean i recognize that it can be a a, a, a tough day if you are in a non-relationship position um or if you're recently you recently someone let you go or what have you yeah, it can it can be one of those sucky days where it feels like people are having fun and they're posting their Instagrams or their whatever, and you're kind of like, yeah, and it's just me and Netflix, and this is kind of lame. So I get that, but you know, I also it's like a little reminder. Oh yeah, this like this little nudge, like hey, you know, if you are in a relationship, it's this little nudge to say, hey, have you said something nice? Have you bought flowers? Have you, you know, written a thoughtful note? Um, so that part of it, I guess I like, and as someone who uh, doesn't say or do those things as often as I probably should. I so then we should have a Valentine's Day every month, I if that's appreciate the, the reminders. <laughs> every 14th of the month, Brian, you need to do this. Thank you. That's good. That's good. Good thing my wife doesn't listen to this podcast. So two <laughs> <people. Yeah. laughs> That would be the real Valentine's Day gift. Yeah. Um, two, two things to that. It, um, I, I think while it while I agree with what you said as you know it's good to have the reminder um, sometimes I wonder if the message comes across as not really authentic because it's the occasion it's the holiday mm -hmm. um, and right. you know so there's there's that so I don't I don't I don't know and I think we should all start using Brian's phrase what did you say before non-relationship position <laughs> <laughs> i don't know where that came from but let's yes. start hashtagging that one <laughs> he's trying to be politically correct with it i sure was trying to be as as uh careful and inclusive yeah. as possible are you married are you are you are you with somebody no i'm in a non-relationship position <laughs> got a non-relationship status <laughs> uh no doubt no doubt all right so um we have a definition of love. So love is in the air, uh, perhaps, perhaps not, but we're going to talk about it. We have a, a quote from Madonna Kolbenschlag, <laughs> and the quote is, love is the absolute affirmation of another's meaning. Love is the absolute affirmation of another's meaning. Brian, I don't understand that. Yeah, what do you think that means? So here's how I read that. Well... I wrestle with the word meaning there um, because I think meaning is fluid and meaning is very subjective. I would, if I could rewrite this, I would substitute being or essence 
Love is the absolute affirmation of another's being. So in other words, love is me recognizing and affirming you as the unique human being that you are. And I affirm you 100%. In other words, I support you. I love you. I validate your existence, uh, et cetera. It does not mean I agree with everything you do or I you know, affirm all your decisions, but I affirm you. Does that make sense? Yes, yeah. I like that. Um, I want to, I, I see your quote and I share another one. Um, this weekend, I was listening to podcasts on being, and uh, the interview was with Alain de Botton. He is a uh, oh, yeah. British philosopher and writer, and he, he writes yes. about relationships. And he has a great definition for being in love. And he reminds us that being in love is an education a benevolent process by which two imperfect people try to teach each other how to be the best version of themselves. Oh my gosh. Can you send me that quote? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <sighs> he also says, this is, this is my favorite. He says, we fall in love because we long to escape from ourselves with someone as beautiful, intelligent, and witty as we are ugly, stupid, and dull. But what if such a perfect being should one day turn around and decide they will love us back? We can only mm. be somewhat shocked. How can they be as wonderful as we had hoped when they had the bad taste to approve of someone like us? That's a pretty depressing way of looking <laughs> at it. A, no, 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 no. I think it's a perfect way of looking at it. Because that's not a very like high health, health, healthy, health, health. He oh God, I can't even speak. Healthy self-esteem. Right, we we'll, we'll take over. We got it. We got this. Um, <laughs> but listen, listen. <laughs> I, I, I. That's good. I like it. I agree with it because we all know we have faults. We all know we are imperfect, and often, especially when we fall in love, we romanticize the other person and tend to overlook their faults and treat them as you know someone someone better than us. And then, you know, it makes sense. How can how can we rely on their taste if they're loving schlubs like us? I, I think that's more of a guy thing than a girl thing. I'm I'm very realistic about seeing people. <laughs> Touche. Okay then. <laughs> I like that. Being in love is an education in which two imperfect people try to teach each other to be the best version of themselves. I that I do I like that, and I and I th and I think there's something behind uh, Kolbenschlag's quote as well, which is getting at that right. That I'm willing to affirm you. And, and I, I guess I see in that this, um, I support your path right. I support you being on a path that I'm not going to try to define for you. I'm not going to try to control for you, but I support you and I want you, yeah, I want you to be the best version of you. And I'm not going to assume I know what that is. Well, and, and let me say like, I don't think that's just romantic love then. I think that's any kind of love, any relationship. It can Definitely. be, a, you know, a, father-daughter relationship or a brother-sister relationship, anybody that is truly loving you unconditionally that, quote, speaks to them. Agreed. Agreed. In fact, in fact, uh, this this guy, Alain de Botton, I just like saying his name. Uh, I know. Obviously. He actually, he actually uh, sees romance as, as kind of being dangerous to, to true love. Um, be, because like, you know, when we over romanticize, we forget that, that, that love is this experience where you, you have to work at it 
it is it is a skill set that you can learn it's not just about you know how you feel is this being in a relationship and maintaining a relationship is is an application of skills that you learn and and to that end it is an education because you're learning about yourself because that person that you're with is going to push all the buttons that you don't really want to work on mm. and, and then and and the thing he says that i love is that you know we we have this tendency to trade off on our partners when the thing we should be doing is trading off on how we define and understand love. Oh my gosh, I'm totally quoting you on that. Don't quote him. That's him, not me. Oh, he said that. He said that's that. awesome. I am not nearly as smart as that guy. <laughs> but but he speaks he speaks the truth. The greatest. So we so we yeah. he, he said we we trade off on our love mm -hmm. instead of trading off on who we. No, Could we trade off on our on our partners, or, or yeah. So you know, things start to get you know difficult or whatever, and you know, we break up with the person to move on. He says, but but instead, we maybe should look at how we have defined love and define what being in a relationship with a, with a person really means. Because again, we might have over romanticized it, mm -hmm. and and when things come up in the relationship, which is mostly about our buttons being pushed, you know. And again, this is this is the this is with the, I guess the disclaimer that yes, sometimes you are with another person that you don't need to be with. There, are so oh, many yeah. situations where it's like, you know. Right. But he says if you can legitimately say it's it's about them, it's about them, and that's one thing. But but that it really takes time. He says sometimes to 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 realize that the issue is not them. The issue is we have this idea of how it should be. And forget that we are here to to learn about ourselves uh, through being in a relationship. I mean, I was married for uh, sixteen years, and that's that's the container with which I learn about myself the most. Because Jennifer, rest her soul, found every single button I had, and I found every one of hers either. As, as well and and it, yeah. it, it it got rough it got bumpy i mean you've both yep. been married you both tina's been married brian is married yeah it's it's about it's about it's learning yeah, yeah no doubt it is an education uh, and sometimes uh a tough one absolutely and i think part of it also to 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 take it into kind of like a religious context we have this idea of uh you know god god is the source of unconditional love mm. And if we and and I think the complex nature of that within ourselves is if we try to emulate that unconditional love, first of all, we don't we don't necessarily put it on ourselves. So few of us unconditionally love ourselves. We have this whole laundry list of things we don't love about ourselves. Um, and and not to say that we we don't go about a course of you know evolving and self improvement. That's not what I'm saying, but. There are parts of where so many people put themselves down, whether it's body shaming or, or for whatever reasons, we don't love ourselves unconditionally, and um, it becomes impossible, I think, to love another in that close to that until we do it uh, to ourselves as as well. Well, it's the the whole mirror thing, like you were just talking about. Like, if we don't love ourselves, we're going to be constantly picking at the other person. And we also uh, put the pressure on them to love us for the love that we don't show to ourselves. Yeah. 
which is a bucket that can never be filled by somebody else. Exactly. Exactly. No one, of the other, one of the other things he said on the, on the podcast that I thought was hilarious is he says, you know, we don't work, we don't work on our faults and we, we continue being in this state of imperfection. And then we ask someone to love us, you know, with our faults and everything. Why would we do that to someone that we truly love? Like to say, love me as I am, but I don't want to improve. You know, it should be like, love me as I am. And I promise that I will continue to do the work to improve on myself. I see. I have a problem with that, too, though, because I think people should love you as you are without expectations that you're going to change. But I but, but I do see think. the element of growing together and and evolving and changing, you know, as a human being. Yeah, I, I get that. I just I think how how you're going to grow and evolve as a human being may be different than their idea of how you should grow as a human being. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I have an expectation that, that being in a relationship with someone, we are both going to be changing and part mm -hmm. of the relationship is helping each other change and, and realizing where the change needs to occur, but, but to become the best version of yourself. Exactly. Cause you're not currently. <laughs> Well, okay. and no doubt. And I, again, that's why I like this initial quote we had, this uh, love being this absolute affirmation of another person's being, because I think that creates space for that change without assuming what that has to look like. Right. And I think that's one of the tough parts about relationships. Like when you meet someone, you get to know them a bit and you know them at that moment in time, and you may know a little bit of where they've come from on their journey. But what you don't know is who they're going to be five years from now, 10 years from now, even six Very months true. from now. And so you're taking a leap of faith when you enter into a relationship, knowing that, yeah, you're going to change, they're going to change, but you don't know exactly what that's going to look like. And I think that's when a lot of tension can come in in relationships is when those changes start to happen, but it's not the change I thought yeah. you were going to make, or it's not the change I would prefer. Yeah. Like you go in two separate directions. Yeah. And I made reference earlier to, to God's love, which, you know, as you read the Bible, evolves over time. Because in, in, in the earlier sections, Old Testament Hebrew Bible, God's love was fairly conditional. They're like, you got to do this. You got to do that. I'll love you. I'll protect you. You turn your back on me. I'm going to let the invading nations take you over, all that kind of stuff. And then, it was a controlling parent, yeah. Yeah, later on, later on, it became a much more kind of affirming, accepting, but it was <clears throat> still kind of conditional um, in, in a way. So, I mean, I, 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 always, I always find it interesting that we speak of God's unconditional love, but really nowhere in the Bible does it really seem unconditional. You know, we have this whole, you know, sent his mm. son Jesus but again, it's conditional that only whosoever believes in him. So, so it, there's this, yeah. there's this huge paradox, between, you know, so, so this is, this is why, again, I, I really gravitate towards, uh, you know, unity's idea of God is love. God is divine love. God is love, period. There's no conditions attached. I've got, I'm sorry. Some of you, I have to send you to hell, but it's because I love you so much. Right. Exactly. For eternity. <laughs> <laughs> You'll thank me later. Yeah. I, I promise. Yeah. And there is no hell, by the way, but that's a whole other show. 
He was being sarcastic, Ogan. Wow. You know what? Well, that, being... That's very offensive to at least two-thirds of our listening audience. Well, you know, the role of ministers, comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. All right, yeah. Well, just don't, just, just don't dispel our illusions so quickly. And so, you know. I'm just putting that out there. He's putting, putting it out, out there. All right. So, friend of the show posted this uh, quote from Pete Rollins, and it says... It would be difficult to find anyone who seriously questions the power and wonder of love, yet the work of love is far from easy and oceans of blood have been spilt in its name. Love may motivate people to do wonderful, truly sacrificial things, but the crime scenes of depression, suicide, murder, and wars all show evidence of its involvement. Love is heaven as well as hell. Love is a potent chemical that can save us and kill us. That's not love to me. That's ownership. Well, now I want to go blow my brains. That's attachment. That. Jeez. <laughs> disagree. Totally that's, disagree. That's well. So I'll say this. So love, love, and love is not a love is a spectrum, you know, and it goes all the way to 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 obsession, yes, and and lust and stuff to to a more. You, you consider know, that a part of love, though. But that's what. But that's what obsession is. Obsession is love gone wrong. It it is you know the person thinks they are in love so much that it becomes uh, a possessive kind of thing and stokes the anger. So yeah, it is. Every, everything's a spectrum. So it's it's an extreme. It's an extreme misappropriated use. Just like just like imagination. You know, a misused extreme form of imagination is worry. When we worry, that's what we're doing. We're imagining okay. the worst that can happen. Okay. When you put it that way, I get it. Thank you. Well, and they do, they, do, they, they do say there are 50 shades of love, so. Oh, dear God. <laughs> you, know, so ah, do you guys, oh, I said, I kind of put it on private. I'm like, all these women are so excited 50 Shades of Grey comes out. I'm excited the new M. Night Shyamalan movie's out because it's about a person with a multi-personality. <laughs> oh, nice. And, and, and you, mean, you mean Split? Yes. Split? Yeah. So, oh, yes. So check uh, it out. Finally, finally, he's back with a decent movie because people, ah, people are disagree. Like, Let's not go off the rails right now. Let's talk about this after the show. Disagree. What has he made good since since uh, Six Sense? Nothing. I disagree that Split's a great ending. Well, I didn't don't see tell it. me. So don't, I haven't seen. Don't Whoa, easy. Okay, right. we'll talk. We'll, uh, we'll talk when you guys see it. Go back saying, to based on what I've heard on other podcasts, pop culture podcasts, and other things. People are actually saying good things but then it's not the perfect movie but people are actually saying good things and the last time anybody said anything good about an m night Shyamalan movie was six cents six cents yeah I agree. all right you know this would be a good time to see if we have another voicemail from frank <laughs> 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 all right so shifting, shifting gears uh we were talking about 50 shades of love <laughs> yep so we're shifting gears uh if you could make a big change in your life what would it be? And probably all of us in the last three to four years have had some big changes and sometimes big changes happen and sometimes you choose big changes. So we understand that there's differences, but as far as the ones that you choose, what, um, what prompts you to do that? What keeps you from making more such changes? Like, let's say, well, I just think I'm going to live in, you know, the tropics or I'm going to uh, move to Barbados or I'm going to, color my hair a different shade after uh, the winter we've been having up here i'm i'm ready to make that change to barbados <laughs> um 
But interestingly enough, the the change that I just recently said too is not going anywhere, staying put. Nice. Uh, you know, in the last, in the yeah. last, you know, I don't know, Joy, how old is Joy? Joy is 16. My daughter Joy is 16. In the last 16 years, like we've had five moves um, and, you know, not stayed in any place for too long. Chain, uh, moving and changing became the norm. It feels strange to make a commitment to stay in one place. Like right. I, I can never fathom the idea of people living in the same place for their whole lives. Like that would blow my mind. You know, I just, I just um, renewed my contract at my job here for at least another four years. And so that'd be six years that I'd be here, which is pretty much the longest that I would have lived in one place. If I'm doing this math right, since I left Barbados as a 19 year old. Okay. So, hmm. It's been, yeah, it's always been that. So, so, and interestingly enough, when, when my church proposed this change and they're like, Hey, you know, we've, we've had two years with you. Yes. The honeymoon's worn off, but we want to keep the relationship going. Ooh. Um, you know, talk, talk, talk about getting into the, <laughs> to the, to the, to the true work of love. Um, yeah. And, and they're like, you know, we're open to you signing a longer contract. And what came up for me was the fear of missing out. Like, oh my God, if I sign a long contract here, there might be some other better offer that shows up and I'm going to. So all of that came up for me. The the realization that I, that in the past, you know, years I just described, I'm always on to something new within like two to four years. And it really, it, so, so for me, choosing to stay put with a loving, supportive community um, in a job that I like and love actually is, is a new thing for me. So that's my big change. So for me, the change was getting past the fears of what stability meant. Mm, well done. Thank you. Um, I'm kind of similar to Ogan in the fact that change has been my life. Um, my biggest change in the last couple of years is I got a divorce and moved across the country. And some days that's not far enough. Um, <laughs> there's, there's always Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> but like I'm out here now and I, I think, I think I agree with Ogan. Like it's, I've moved around so much and there's been so much instability in my life that it's time to, to set, to, to, kind of you know get roots and and grow you know in one spot yeah and it's not and it's not uh, a disparagement of of moving around and people who 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 change a lot but you know it's really about the motivation um am i am i going to to different places and different jobs often for the for the right reasons you know if it's truly a, a an a inherent love of, of variety and experiencing new things that's one thing but if it's about running away from things that's another thing especially if it's parts of yourself but you know well, wherever you go well, there you are yeah well and and that that's my thing too is like if you're running in circles it's one thing if you're spiraling up it's another um right you know what i mean does that make sense yeah, yeah. no no and, i understand what and, you're saying when Brian, you know, I don't know if Brian said it or if he's going to say it was the second half of the question, but like what motivates you to make major changes like that? With me, it was looking at my life and being like, if this, if this 
it, what's going on right now is is the rest of my life. Like if this is the only thing that happens for the rest of my life, I never grow beyond this point. Am I happy with it? And it was a great big hell no. You know, so like that's what motivated me to change was I wasn't happy with that being the rest of my life, if right. that makes any sense. It does. It, it, it does. And not that you need to, again, move to to change and evolve who you are. You can you can do that staying in the same place. And I think for me, that's going to be my challenge because I can stay here and totally lull myself into complacency. There's mm -hmm. a, you know, um, for those familiar with the Enneagram, I'm a, I'm a type nine. And the thing about type nines is that we, we are kind of like that uh, principle in physics, which is a body at rest stays at rest and the body in motion stays in motion. So for like type nines, it's really, really hard to get us off the couch. Once we're if up yeah. and motivated, you know, get out of the way. We are yeah. all over the place. But yeah. to find the thing that gets us up off the couch and I think in many ways in my life, as I look back, I think, you know, a new job, new place to live was kind of the motive, was kind of what I used to do that. Yeah. So now I'm like, all right, let me stay put. Let me stay in this place. And, you know, if there's anything I could change about this place is I could use a few more warmer months. But, you know, let's put on more layers. I'll be all right. Um, but, but to stay here and, 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 and evolve myself and reinvent myself in some way mm -hmm. you know, as the years go on I, I i like it here i have great connections with, with people here um again this is a absolutely awesome spiritual community that that i'm walking this path with um things are good why would i why would i move away from something that's good I, I like what you just, I like what you said there, Ogan, um, about reinventing yourself. And I, I think that's a big component of this is if you're looking at yourself and you're going, is this the best version of me? You know, or, you know, or am I on the path to be the best version of me? And when you're not, that's when you have to seriously look at making major changes. And for me, I love to travel. I'm going to keep traveling. Like that, that's a part of me, that wanderer spirit in me. But I want a home base too. You know what I mean? Like I need that home base as well. Yeah. What about you, Brian? What? No. Yeah. Well, similar to you guys, we've moved a fair bit. Um, and, uh, you know, we moved here a couple and a half years ago to Holland from DC and, uh, yeah, it, it, it feels good to feel like we're developing some consistency in terms of that and, you know, feeling, um, feeling more established. And of course, with the new church start, uh, that feels like a, a good um, community that we're connecting to and feeling a part of. And, you know, it kind of depends on stage of life. You know, when I wasn't married and it was after college, like I could pick up and go live abroad for a year. And I did do that. And it was a great experience and got to travel a bit. Uh, but once you have extenuating circumstances, such as a relationship or children, or even a job that has certain requirements uh it's harder to make those larger changes uh and yet of course we've still managed to move a bit even with the kids but yeah but you can't just keep changing things you know you can't just change 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 so um well it, it, there's a difference between change for the sake of change and growth ah she read my mind there you go whoa hashtag i pulled that right out of ogan's mind it was i, not I think you just want some free beer it was about to say the same thing. I mean, Brian, even within the 
the lifetime and evolution of this podcast, you have relocated from your living room to I don't know yeah. where you are now, the bedroom with the <laughs> So, got a cool uh, white wall though. Cool white cool fake white. wall. So cool yeah. hey, hey. Change of bounds. Kaboom. Kaboom. And we did get a tweet. Um before you read it, seriously, folks listening on the audio podcast. I say this every week, almost every week, but truly, <laughs> this this is the week to check in on the video. We got Brian in the glasses. We got Brian in the new room with the fake wall. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, what is happening? It's a visual feast this week. Wow. Okay. So we got a tweet from uh, Frank who says, I just changed my oil last week and now I'm sitting on the love seat instead of my recliner. I prayed about it first. Oh my God. So Frank's jumping in on the Twitter voicemail. Is, is this, that really is, is this it was, Frank? And I'm yeah. doing air quotes right now for those who aren't looking, can't see it. Is this, is this Frank? <laughs> God. Hey, you know. Brian has found his alter ego. We are in trouble, Tina. It's a crazy (laughs) social media world. I think next week we should just all have one of our alter egos on. Just in in honor of the movie Split. (laughs) Oh, Lord. Speaking of spiraling, I think we're not spiraling upward here. Uh, (laughs) No, I think you're the one that's not. You're okay. (laughs) Tina and I are saying some profound things right now, and... You're you're channeling you're channeling another personality, so <laughs> don't drag us into that with you. Okay, all right, all right. Uh, well, I did share some serious things before Frank got in the way. Before Frank, Frank turned yeah. up. My gosh, that's all why right. he's wearing the glasses. I got it now. <laughs> it's Frank. Uh, it's not really sense. Brian. Brian with the glasses on is Frank. Oh my God! How could I have missed that's that? Too much. All right, I, I'm just gonna I'm gonna delete half this episode from the podcast. <laughs> oh, no, you're not. <laughs> oh, you're not. All right, so I want to get to this quote from Thomas Merton. Yes, he, he says the spiritual life is then first of all a matter of keeping awake, yeah. keeping awake. So that's at the center of, or at least the the beginnings of the spiritual life and i wonder if you resonate with that quote and uh what you think uh, he means by keeping awake and what keeping awake means to you i do yes and for me keeping awake is um to borrow another term from from buddhism mindfulness yep to to, to keep in that uh, awareness that everything that shows up in our life every single moment is an opportunity for spiritual practice. I mean, our life is the spiritual practice. Um, you know, so often we speak of spiritual practices as like the praying, the meditating, the reading the Bible, the reading the other sacred texts. The you know, we 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 say these things, and then you know, we get finished praying, we get finished reading, we go in the world, and then sometimes we're you know, we we respond differently, or we say, "I'm at my job, so this is not me being spiritual." or whatever or or life is the spiritual practice and that keeping awake is is remaining uh, mindful to the fact that that you know as we say in unity wherever we are god is so so we we are we are god walking into the room um it's always that and 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 to keep don't don't allow ourselves to fall asleep into that uh illusion of there's something in our life that's not spiritual. Mm-hmm. I, I like that. I resonate a lot with that uh, view of keeping awake, and I certainly strive to practice that uh, in my own life. 
And I'm wondering, how do you balance the idea of being awake in the sense of being present in the present moment with the idea of being awake to what's happening in the world? What's the difference? Well, because I think one involves sort of some spiritual practices of, of prayer, meditation, um, silence, you know, maybe a, a retreat where you're sort of unplugged yeah, and keeping awake in the sense of, hey, I need to know what's happening in the world and in this country right now. That involves a lot of busyness and reading news and, you know, and now you got to go another level deeper because it is it real news or is it fake news and what is my source and it's all for me again it's all spiritual practice you know Mike, michael beckwith uh used to say that you know uh, when in response to people who were like i don't want to read the news it's 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 upsetting my soul my spirit is causing that right. and yeah. you know he used to say you know what the news is your prayer list <laughs> that's what you're going to take in a prayer that's what you're going to meditate on so so it's all an opportunity for spiritual practice as long as you stay in, in a place of love. And that's, again, the spiritual practice, staying in love. Yeah, and I think maybe part of it, too, is, is balance. You know, uh, it, I think it feels tempting in these days to be binging on news and news stories. And I think we can uh, sort of oversaturate our minds and our hearts and our spirits yeah. with, with the heaviness of all that's going on. And I think for me, when I'm when I start to do that, I do feel unbalanced and I don't feel present at all. I feel like I get pulled out of the sort of grounded, mindful presence that I'm trying to cultivate. So I, I need to find a way to balance that out so that I can just as all love begins with self-love, all care begins with self-care. So if we care about the world sure. and care what's going on, it starts with taking care of ourselves. And a lot of yeah. that is yes. We, we rest, we replenish, we, we disconnect, we unplug. Even that is part of our spiritual experience. And we remain mindful to doing that and while we're in that. And I don't think, excuse me, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with these people that need to step back from it and take a break. Um, because if we all saturate ourselves in this and end up in a dark place, we're no better off than anybody else. And we're just feeding the anger yes. and hostility that's going on right now. Yeah, we're reverberating that negative energy back exactly. out into the world and into our own homes, which is like the, the place where at least we have more immediate control of cultivating a peaceful environment. Uh, so it takes work. It takes work. Uh, so how, yeah, how do you keep awake in the various senses we've talked about? Well, I, I, I think part of it involves... Um, asking that deeper question, I, I phrase it as the, what is mine to do? As in, what, what am I divinely inspired by? What do I feel the God of my understanding is, or rather how the God of my understanding is asking me to show up in any mm. given situation. Um, so often we're tempted to have a knee-jerk response to things, mm -hmm. um, you know, and so like in my spiritual community, for example, there, there are many people who are like, you know, they're, they're rabid activists and they want us to jump in and do something and say something and be something right away. And, and then there's others who are like, you know, our church is spiritual community. We're this is not why we're here. We're not here to be political. And 
you know, where I am is let's let's middle ground this. Let's be in the middle ground between those two extremes. If we're going to, you know, be a voice for the experience of divine love, bringing God's love into visibility, let's do so. But let's first really take a moment to pause, meditate, pray as what yeah, that's good. To do that's and good. do something that 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 um, that 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 caters to everyone on the spectrum in 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 the group. It's easier when we're on our own just to get up and go march, but as a group, we gotta we gotta take our time and ask deeper questions. Well, and I, I know we don't consider these like uh, fruits of the spirit, but we also need to think, sit back and think and plan long term. What is the best thing that's going to cause the biggest impact in the long run? Yeah, you know, and and put put some thought into that as well. It's it's both and it's 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 sometimes respond immediately, you know, of course in a peaceful, mindful way, and also, you know, plan plan for the long run. If you don't if you don't make an immediate response, then we're not necessarily sending the message of we don't approve, but the immediate response, like the marches and so on while they are important, while they're beneficial, while there's a long history of, of and I'm using marches as just one example, of affecting change, they're not the only answer. They're not the only response. You know, there's there's some longer term things that, that need to go into place. We and we don't want to burn ourselves out so early at the beginning. Right. No doubt. Yeah, we hinted on this in the post show last week uh, and i and i believe i included some of that in the episode uh and i think two weeks ago too with uh david hayward you know how how do we how do we take care of ourselves uh these days and i think it's a it's going to be that perpetual um practice of being in community supporting each other finding balance not trying to do everything at once uh all of and the let's things let's not forget bubble baths uh michael, <laughs> bubble baths michael buble Little buble. I have a whole list of stuff like that: blowing bubbles, coloring in a coloring book, listening to oh, music, yeah. taking a walk, laying yes. around outside. I just yes. got into the coloring thing. Like, oh, just oh yeah, coloring is great. It's meditative. I love it. It it, it is. So I'm 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 into that now. Yeah, well. I, I love doing that also. That's fantastic. So, um, someone, uh, an anonymous poster to Facebook. Oh my God! Is this Frank again? Seriously? No, 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 no. We put Frank to bed. <laughs> put Frank to bed. Uh, they said one may deny extreme charges of total depravity, but clearly something has gone wrong. So, wondering: A, do you subscribe to total depravity? That is the theological view that human beings are inherently sinful, and perhaps totally sinful. And if you don't ascribe to that view of humanity how do you explain the state of the world um no i don't subscribe and be the state of the world is free will we 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 get to choose we choose how we show up we choose how we in relationship with each other we choose the actions we take um i i made the early example um about imagination and worry so so in unity we have this concept of um, that we have these divine attributes. We call them our 12 powers. These are divine attributes that we have. One of them is imagination. And we can use our imagination to, to come up or, or create or get in touch with, with, um, 
with ideas of how we can bring God's love into the visible. We can also use our imagination to fret and worry and obsess about things. So again, it's it's right. it's, it's a neutral idea, and how we choose to use it is entirely up to us. Same thing with creation. I believe creation is a is a divine attribute. God is creation. Not God creates, but God is the very act of creation. And I believe we um, are imbued with that same attribute. Now, what are we going to choose to create? You know, we can create heaven or hell on earth. You know, remember I mentioned there's no heaven or hell is afterlife. But, but in this earthly experience, you know, are we going to create weapons of mass destruction or, or are we going to create um, opportunities for mass healing and mass love? And mass lifting people up so the choice is up to us well and i also think that as human beings we're all at different stages of mental and emotional and evolution whatever you want to call it um and i yeah. think we tend to take a few steps back before we spring forward and i think we do that because we we need to take those steps back to be like because the past is safe um, what it, what is going on now is comfortable, is safe. So we, we tend to take those few steps back and then realize that that's not where we want to be. We really do want to be forward. And then that propels us forward. So I really feel like, and this is positive Tina talking right now, hopeful Tina, I really think we're going through this just to dig things out and and to go through that turmoil to propel us forward without all the junk because you know how it is when you try to move forward when you have a whole bunch of baggage going on yep it's it's the uh it's that scene from um what is it uh fresh bueller's day off we just dragging that dead body around no oh, that's what? bernie's week sorry oh my god <laughs> i'm so disappointed in you right now <laughs> computers my 80s pop references my my bad oh. weekend of bernie's right you know, we get, we get, we gotta, we gotta let that go. But you're right. It's, it's like before we can make that next evolutionary leap, you know, we gotta make sure that we don't wanna take certain stuff with us. And sometimes we revisit it. This is, this is the, this is the worst before it gets better. So I, you know, I grew up with a heavy dose of the doctrine of total depravity, uh, which traces, you know, humanity's uh, sinful origins. Uh, back to the garden uh, and Adam and Eve. And when they ate of the fruit and sinned, it was the fall with a capital F. And all of humanity was doomed thereafter to commit sin and was sinful from birth. So, you know, I, I grew up with that view and that was kind of what I assumed was true for a long time because it fit my theological narrative and my experience of the world. And that, yeah, some people are jerks and sometimes I'm a jerk and I guess we're all sinful. Well, I think there's a lot of problems with the original um, source of that doctrine. I, you know, I question the highly question. In fact, don't believe the historicity of uh, the early Genesis accounts in terms of a historic first couple living in a perfect paradise that because they ate a wrong piece of fruit and listened to a talking snake doomed all of humanity to oblivion. It's, you know, called, uh, I, it's called creation myth. Exactly. That's what it's called not historical fact. Exactly. But I, I still think there is something to uh, seeing the pain and the suffering in the world that we uh, afflict on each other. But I think it's more rooted in uh, 
you know, how we've evolved over the long history of uh, being creatures, physical earthly creatures who are living and striving and trying to live and trying to propagate our species and competing with the forces of nature and each other. And sometimes it gets ugly. But I think we also have deep impulses for love and beauty and grace and forgiveness. And I see that as the divine image in us. And I want to lean toward that image being greater than this negative force. And so I think we hold both good, you know, potential for good and bad in us. But I'm, I don't think we're totally depraved. No, I don't. I don't think so either. And I think we're evolving into or better selves. When you take the long view of history, we are becoming better. <laughs> yeah. You know, all we can see is right in front of us. We've got to, <laughs> yes. We got to take that long view. The The moral arc is bending towards justice, as MLK said, or rather, you know, Theodore Parker, who he was uh, kind of quoting. Um, but yeah, it, 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 it is. And sometimes we forget that in the midst of, of, of what's happening right in front of us. Yeah, yeah. As Tina said, we're spiraling up, and I think there is something to that. And that's that's an excellent call, Ogan, to call us back to looking at the bigger picture and um, scaling out a little bit. And if you know, a friend said at our pub theology discussion last night, you know, a thousand years ago, probably all of us would have either killed someone or seen someone killed in our lifetime and someone close to us and we would have done some pretty horrific things just to try to survive and get to the age we're living at right now but we don't live in that world anymore because we are spiraling well, well a, a lot a lot fewer of us do let's let's be clear that that is the reality for some no people. no no yeah thank you <laughs> you know thank you thank you thank you you're you're welcome all right. Any final word of, of wisdom? Um, uh, love love yourselves first. It's it's okay to love yourself first. A lot a lot of people a lot of a lot of people try to, you know, propagate that idea of putting the other person, especially in relation, put the other person. No, you gotta you gotta love yourself first. It's okay. It's not selfish. It's healthy. Don't don't obsess over yourself first. <laughs> Right. Don't become a narcissist, but um, but yeah, truly, truly love yourself first. All love begins with self-love. Well said. I was gonna say something snarky and I can't even do it now. Uh, <laughs> I have silenced her. Victory! Pulled the air out of it. Pulled the air out of it. I think, you know, for me, I just appreciated our conversation on staying awake in the various senses of that and, and trying to seek balance in how we are awake and present to each moment and the wonder and beauty of life. But also we have our head in the game in terms of what's happening in the world right now and seeking to be uh, the positive um, realities that we hope to see in the world. You were just happy we gave Frank as much airtime as we did. Man, Frank is loving it. Well, thanks for tuning in, friends, to Pub Theology Live. You can connect and spread the word on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can listen anytime on SoundCloud, Stitcher, or iTunes. And if you would like to find a Pub Theology conversation in your town, visit the directory at pubtheology.com. And if there isn't one in your town, maybe you're the person to start a group. And you can find tools and resources to help you do that also at pubtheology.com. And thanks again to our sponsors, Craft Beer Cellar, who you'll find at craftbeercellar.com. 
and Wink Wine Club at trywink.com slash ptlive. I got, I got a new hashtag we have to add. Yeah, uh, add it. Before we've been using hashtag ptlive, we've got to add the hashtag let's be frank. Hashtag. I like it. <laughs> hashtag let's be frank. So friends, until next time, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing. <laughs> Tina, before you take off, I just want to say you're, you know, you're looking good today. You're rocking the hair. You're having like great hair day, right? Thank you. That's <laughs> looking good. Looking good. Because <laughs> I usually okay. just blow it back. Thank you, Brian. That was uh, the best thing I heard all day. <laughs> hey, you rock it out, man. You're looking good. You guys have a great night, okay? All right. We'll all right. see you. <laughs> we'll see you on the other side. All right, my friend. Later. Happy Valentine's. See ya.